0: and John to the mountaintop to pray. Moses and Elijah join them there. And while they're there, they have an extraordinary experience. Jesus' face changes and his clothes become dazzling white. In our collect for this morning, the prayer that we read as we begin our service that helps us collect our thoughts about our worship today, it explains to us that this is the only begotten Son, revealed in His glory on the mountaintop. So what is this glory, this change that we hear about today? Scholars describe Jesus' transformation as the breaking through of His humanity, to reveal His true form as the Son of God we might think about it as a beautiful sunrise this transfiguration is a transformation so let us think this morning for just a few minutes about Jesus's transfiguration and what that might mean for us let's first begin by thinking about the word transformation if we look it up in the dictionary The word, I want to, actually I want to think about the word transfiguration, not transformation. The word transfiguration means a change in appearance. In the Greek, the word transfiguration is morph or metamorphosis, meaning exalting, glorifying, or spiritual change. In Latin, the word tra, T-R-A, means across or beyond, through, are so to change. Think about how many words we have in our language that begin with the Latin suffix tra. Transformation, transfusion, transistor, transit, translate, transplant, transact, transubstantiate, transpose, transportation and so many more. All of these words indicate some sort of a change. So we're thinking about transformation. Now, do we have any Broncos fans in the congregation this morning? No Broncos fans. Oh, we do, we do. Have a few, absolutely. What about Panthers fans? Panthers fans, okay, I see garden back there. Now at eight o'clock they got routed. People were <laughs> jumping up and down, standing. Oh, they were uh, far. So you guys really have uh, held Amazing. yourselves together. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I think it will be safe to say that some point this evening, these two, one of these two football teams, will change from a regular football team to the champions, a Super Bowl 50. There will be a transformation. Yesterday. I was participating in the Kreitz Marathon out on Tybee, <laughs> and I uh, was running in the 10K. And there was a young woman who told me that this time last year she couldn't even walk, and here she was running in the 10K yesterday. What a fabulous transformation that was! Here at St. Michael and all angels, it's apparent that we have gone through many transformations. One of the things that I love is hearing from you about the history of St. Michael and all angels. You know, in our fast-paced world, often people don't stay in a single place for very long. But I hear you tell me stories about your baptism and your confirmation. But through all this, St. Michael and all angels has been in transformation. Now this morning, we have the honor of having the Boy Scouts with us. We're very grateful for them. We're grateful that they help us out with our Christmas tree lot. And we're thankful that they're here with us today. So as we think about transformation, it's a great day for the Boy Scouts to be here because as the Scouts do their work, they also participate in a sort of a transformation. A Boy Scout starts out as a tenderfoot, and as they grow and mature, many of them work diligently to transform themselves from a young tenderfoot to the most honored rank of Eagle Scout. Now, there are many notable men who have achieved the rank of Eagle Scout. One example is Michael Bloomberg. He started out as a young tenderfoot. Growing up, he was so poor that he had to sell Christmas wreaths to his neighbors to earn money to go to Boy Scout camp. Now, this was a pretty interesting thing because Michael is Jewish. But what is transforming is, is that according to Forbes magazine today, Bloomberg's net worth is over 11, $11. 11.5 million dollars. And he's one of the healthiest, wealthiest Americans today. A lot of hard work goes in to a transformation to come from from a tenderfoot to an Eagle Scout. This requires earning about 21 merit badges and serving six months in a troop leadership position, among other things. Currently, there are 2.3 million Boy Scouts who have earned the rank of Eagle Scout. Are any of you guys Eagle Scouts? Working toward Eagle Scouts? Fabulous. That's excellent. Thank you. So you have been in a transformation in your process. So today, as we think about transformation, it seems like a perfect time for us to think about our own lives, especially as we find ourselves on the threshold of Lent. This Wednesday, we begin Lent. And as Christians, our Ash Wednesday liturgy calls us to observe a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer fasting and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word. Often, we think of Lynn as simply a time when we need to give up something, or to start a new diet, or a new exercise program. Scott Dunn, the executive director of Forward Day by Day writes that it has become fashionable for us to soften or redefine our Lent to suit our own lifestyle, our preferences. And he wonders (coughs) if giving up something like chocolate is really observing the Holy Lent. In the book Bread and Wine, Readings for Lent and Easter, the editors write that Lent should not be a time which we begrudgingly give up a handful of pleasures, nor should it be a time when we take on something new that adds to the stress of our already busy lives. Instead, they suggest that our Holy Lent should be an opportunity to refresh and renew ourselves and to deepen our relationship with God. Our Lenten experience should be transformative a transformation that brings us into a closer relationship with Christ. Today we heard that Jesus was on the mountaintop praying. And we know that Jesus prayed often, and we use him as a model for our own prayer. Jesus prayed at his baptism, at the calling of the disciples, at Gethsemane, at his crucifixion, In our readings today, he was praying at his transfiguration. Jesus teaches us that we should pray in earnest, in faith, in thanksgiving, and in a forgiving spirit. And Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer. The monks at the Society of St. John the Evangelist, which is an Anglican monastery in Cambridge, Massachusetts, writes in their rule of life, that prayer is not merely communication with God, but that prayer should reach deep into our being and open our hearts to know God by participating in the divine flow of the triune persons. And if we allow ourselves to become drenched in this back-and-forth flow of love, our prayers will cease to be merely paying homage to some far-off God at bedtime. It is important for us to keep in mind that we are filled with God's breath, God's ruah, And our prayer is one way that the Holy Spirit, that we allow the Holy Spirit to stir in us to the depths of our being and unite all we are, not only what is good but even what is broken and even what is not yet formed with the risen Lord. The scripture tells us that we should pray without ceasing. Now this sounds really great. But it is, is it something that we can do? In my daily life, I often give thanksgiving for warm bath water, or cool water to drink. I give thanksgiving for my fresh food, and I always give thanks for the beach. But what I want to do is to become better at recalling immediately that God is present with, uh, with me. Not only in my moments of pain and stress and anxiety, when the lines are long and don't seem to move, or when I'm in traffic, or when I have a hurting friend, but I want to learn to offer prayers to God when I experience moments of joy and happiness immediately. And I want to ask for forgiveness the instant I become aware of a fall. When Father Kevin and I were texting about a deeper prayer life, he suggested that we pray for the food pantry while we're grocery shopping, or while we're making pumpkin bread, or while we're making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. By becoming this intentional about deepening our prayer life, we can permeate, transfigure, and transform our lives. To deepen our prayer life, the monks of St. John's reminds us that we need to remember to offer our work, our worries, our intentions, and our needs. We should ask if God confirms what we are doing or not. We should pray for one another, our relationships, our common endeavors. We should bring our suffering, our poverty, our longings, our dreams, our losses, our grief, our sexuality, our fear, our resistance, our friends and family, and yes, even our enemies. All of these things we should lay before God on a regular basis. This deep intention to place God at the heart of our lives through prayer will allow us to be centered in God and to be willing to trust God in all things. Novelist Alice Walker writes, the challenge for Christians is that the transformation required of us is to simply not be like Christ, but to be Christ. On Ash Wednesday, as we begin our new new our journey to the cross, I commend to you a journey of transformation. Not by giving up chocolate, but by committing to become Christ-like through a deeper, more intentional prayer life. If you're interested in learning more about how we as Episcopalians understand prayer, you can turn to page 856 in the Book of Common Prayer. There's all kinds of information about types of prayers and there are even prayers in there that will get you started on your way. I invite you to let us know if this is something you're interested in. Father Kelly, Father Kevin and Kelly and I, we can pray with you and we can pray for you. This morning, As we ponder Jesus' transfiguration, I invite you into a holy Lent, a transformation of your own life. Not by giving up chocolate, but by making an intentional commitment to deepening your prayer life. In my yoga practice, at the end of each session, my instructor always reminds us that we are different from when we began. As we stand on the threshold of our Lenten journey, I ask you, how will you be different? How will you be transformed when we reach the foot of the cross, watching and waiting for the glory of Easter? Now one last thing before I go, You may have noticed that at the end of the gospel reading this morning that after Jesus comes down from his mountaintop experience where he is changed and transformed and transfigured, he bumps into a crowd of people. He calls them a faithless and perverse generation and meets an unsavory demon. So bear in mind that even after we have our mountaintop experiences and we are refreshed and renewed invariably the phone will ring or the wind will be knocked out of us we'll get aggravated or angry or something will happen some sort of unclean spirit but as we deepen our relationship with God we will have the inner strength to better deal with the trials and tribulations of our daily living. Amen.